Thank you. Um, didn't Lisa and the team do a great job today? Did, did anyone believe Lisa when she said, I'm giving you my all? I mean, there was all this and that, and it was just like everything. Um, yeah, a bit of moshing as well. And, and I just love to see that. And do you know what? I really believe God loves to see that. I really believe God loves to see it when we just like let go and we just go, you know, no offense, but crazy for Jesus. And, and you know, yeah, David did. Um, and, and we want to see that. And I just want to encourage us. Um, be inspired by, by Lisa's example. Just, you know, when we worship together, let's just, let's just let go. Even as the word came to us this morning, let's just let go. Let's just stop holding on to our inhibitions or, or, or anything that would hold us back. And let's just give him our all. So, how are we all doing today? Great. It's the standard answer, isn't it? Um, of course, the reality is we're probably all in, in different places to one another. Um, some of you I, I know reasonably well, and, and if I asked you and maybe asked you a second time with a kind of, are you sure, look, um, you, might, you might tell me the truth. Um, others of you I don't really know that well at all, or, or if at all. And, um, but I'm sure it's true that all kinds of things are going on in our lives. I'm sure we've all come with different challenges and circumstances. I'm sure many of us are facing challenges of one type um, or another. Perhaps you're facing a financial challenge. Perhaps um, you have no new clothes. Or, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, perhaps you're facing um, a, a mountain of debt. Perhaps it's really serious for you. Perhaps things are right on the edge right now. Perhaps you're afraid that the debt collectors um, will be waiting for you um, when you get home. Maybe you're, you're struggling with a, a relationship um, with a husband or a wife. Maybe they're sat next to you right now and you're desperately trying not to let it show. Maybe... Um, it's with one or more of your children. Maybe they're really worrying you. Maybe they've gone away from the Lord. Um, maybe they're in trouble of one kind or another. Maybe it's a housemate. Uh, maybe it's a colleague. Um, maybe it's a friend. Maybe you're struggling because you want a relationship. Because you're not in a relationship and you want to be in one. Maybe you're feeling alone today. Maybe you're battling with temptation. Maybe you want to sleep with someone that you shouldn't be sleeping with. Maybe you have been sleeping with someone that you shouldn't be sleeping with. And by the way, just for the avoidance of any doubt, that's anyone that's not your husband or wife. Maybe you've been struggling with selfish ambition. Maybe you've been struggling with greed. Maybe you've been growing tired of church. Maybe you're struggling to believe Maybe you're not sure if you can be bothered with all this following Jesus anymore. Maybe you're drinking too much. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you're depressed. You might be by the time I finish this list. <laughs> Maybe your friend is sick. Maybe your husband or wife or housemate is depressed and you're struggling to live with that. Maybe you're facing opposition at work. Maybe that opposition is entirely your own fault. 
Maybe you've been doing a rubbish job, you are incompetent, and you deserve to be sacked. Or maybe you're facing opposition and it's no fault of your own whatsoever and you're being unfairly victimized and an innocent victim. Of course, I could go on and on and on. So how on earth am I going to come up with a message that is relevant and helpful to all of you today? Could we turn to Romans chapter 1? Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel... The righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The gospel, the good news that Jesus proclaimed, the good news of God's rule and reign in our world... The gospel that Jesus came to proclaim, to demonstrate, to declare that he died for the forgiveness of our sins. That we could be set free, that we could be reconciled in relationship with God, that we could become part of his plan and purpose. That good news itself is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who will believe it. If you believe that good news, if you believe that truth that Jesus came to proclaim, that belief in that good news is the power of God for your salvation. Thanks. Now, we often have quite a limited concept of what it means to be saved. Salvation. We tend to think about going to heaven, don't we? I mean, we used to think about not going to hell, but that's not quite so popular these days, so we've toned that down a bit, you know, make it more appealing. Um, If I could just interject maybe at this point, Jesus does actually spend quite a lot of time... um, warning people about the consequences of sin. He does actually spend quite a bit of time talking about punishment and hell and judgment. It's not that it's God's will for any of us to face that terrible reality. Quite the contrary. God makes it clear that he wants to rescue us and deliver us from that reality. That's not his will or his intention for anybody. But those are consequences that he wants to deliver us from. But the Bible words, the New Testament Greek words um, for salvation and being saved are actually very holistic words. They include a lot of things and they weren't specifically invented just to teach Christian doctrine. 
Okay, they were already existing words, already existing Greek words. In much the same way, when you stop and think about it, actually, to save is a word that we use in English for other things as well, don't we? Yeah? Like, I don't know, um, you um, didn't have any clothes to wear in a situation, and someone lent you some clothes, and they saved you from the embarrassment of having to wear the same cardigan again. <laughs> um, we can use the word in everyday circumstances, and perhaps in a more serious situation, if someone falls into a, a river and, and someone pulls them out, they rescue them, they save them. And so this word was, a, was an existing word that meant to be rescued or to be delivered, to be saved from a situation that a person was facing. So when it's used in the Bible, it does include being saved from hell, and it does very much include being saved to a relationship with God. But it's also a broader, more holistic word, encompassing more than just those doctrines. It can be used in everyday situations, everyday life stuff. When we're faced with challenges and trials, when we're faced with temptation, when we're faced with opposition, it is equally possible to talk about the God who saves us, who delivers us, who rescues us, who heals us. That same word, to save, is used in the context of healing in the Bible. To be saved from your sickness. To be rescued from your sickness. Whenever we face any kind of trial or challenge or temptation or suffering. Whatever it is that we are going through. Whether it is of our own making and entirely our fault. And let's be honest. Although we love to be the victim A lot of what we go through is our fault. It's the consequence of choices that we make. But God doesn't heap guilt on us for that. He doesn't condemn us for those wrong choices. So whether it is our fault or whether it's not our fault, our hope for deliverance from those situations, our hope of being rescued from whatever it is that we're facing in life, no matter what it is that we're facing in life, Our hope of being rescued is in the power of the gospel. It is the gospel and believing in that gospel that is the power of God for deliverance, for salvation, for being set free, for being rescued. And didn't God say to us even this morning, I want you to be free. I want you to be free. So let go of all the things you're holding on to and believe in the gospel. The key for every situation that you will ever face in life is your belief in the gospel. For the gospel is the righteousness of God for the, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. 
It is by believing in the truth of the gospel that you will be delivered from your circumstance. You see, Jesus came into this world so that we could have life to the full. So that we could have abundant life. So that we could have the very best kind of life. Do you believe that? Jesus came not so that you could have a restricted life. Not so that you could have, you know, a slightly more boring life so that you would eventually get into heaven because the people that have the fun life don't get there. Um, (laughs) Jesus came and he said, trust me on this. The kind of life I've got for you is the very best kind of life that there is. So it wasn't like, endure a rubbish life. Endure a rubbish life because it will be worth it in the end. It was, have the best kind of life that there is. That's the offer that he makes. John 10, 9 and 10, it says this. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, rescued, delivered, set free, healed. I'm the gate. If you enter through me, now think about a gate for a moment. The thing about a gate is it defines the only way in. Yeah? You have to go in through the gate. Jesus said, I'm the way in. If you want to be set free, if you want to be delivered, if you want to be rescued, it's through me. You go through me. Now we think that that's restrictive. We think that that's not fair because what if I want to come another way? What if I decide that I want to go in this way? And he says, no, I'm the only way. You have to go through the gate. But what do you get if you go through the gate? He says, they'll come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I want you to have the fullness of life. And I'm telling you, the only way for you to have it is to go through me. I'm telling you the only way for you to have the best life imaginable, the kind of life that God intended you to have, is to go in through me. To put your faith and your trust in me and to believe this gospel that I'm proclaiming to you. You see, God made us all to enjoy this incredible relationship with himself where we are ruled by him. You cannot separate God's rule from relationship with him. You cannot separate God's rule from his presence amongst us. They just go together. If you learn nothing else from the Old Testament of the Bible, and it can be challenging reading at times, but if you learn nothing else, you learn that obedience and relationship and God's presence all go together. And it's not that God calls us to somehow earn relationship with him or to earn his presence amongst us. God gives us those things because he loves us. We sung about it this morning. His love will never fail. But because he loves us, he says, I long for you to live in my rule and reign because that's the way to experience my love. That's the way to enjoy my presence amongst you. To embrace my rule and reign in your lives. But from the very beginning we rejected that rule and reign. We went our own way. We did our own thing. We said we will be masters of our own destiny. And we needed rescuing from ourselves. Because from the very beginning, every single one of us has been born in a sinful state. Where whether we were conscious of it or not... 
We pursued our own desires. We went our own way. We lived outside of a relationship with God. It's interesting, George came this morning and he said we were praying beforehand and we just really felt that today was the day of salvation. We didn't talk at all, um, but today is clearly the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus, today is your lucky day, if I can say that without the theologians getting too cross with me. Um, God wants you to know this truth. And by the way, those of us who've made this decision, he wants to remind us again because it's by believing this. That we continue to be delivered. That we continue to live in our freedom. Because it comes right back to this. You see, we think sometimes that it's all about us. We think sometimes, you see, we believed the gospel once. Someone gave us the message. Perhaps it was in a really great meeting. Perhaps it was in a crusade. And we believed the message. And somehow, somewhere along the way, we changed the gospel. And it became all about us. And now God is there, and he just can't resist giving me everything I want. And it's all about me, and he's so lucky to have me. Um, and, And somehow it's like, God, if you don't give me what I want, what's wrong with you? And we get cross with him. And we forget that actually, what is the gospel? He came to rescue you. And what was the primary thing that he came to rescue you from? He came to rescue you from yourself. He came to rescue you from a life that was centered on you. He came to rescue you from a life where you were in control and where you were determining what was right and what was wrong and what you were going to do and what you weren't going to do. And living that life, however good we try to live, When we live that life outside of his frame of reference, when we live it outside of relationship with him, when he's not in control, the Bible calls it sin. And the gospel is that Jesus died to deliver me, to rescue me, to save me from my sin. This is the gospel. The gospel that is the power of God for my deliverance is that Jesus shed his blood so that I could not only be forgiven, but set free from living life for me. The gospel is that because of what he did, because he died and rose again and defeated the power of sin, I can embrace an entirely new life. And I can live my life for him. And now I can make decisions, whatever circumstance or situation I face, whatever lies in front of me, whatever challenge, whatever hardship, whatever persecution, whatever suffering, whatever I'm going through, of my own making or not, I can face whatever's in front of me because he set me free from being the master of my own destiny. He set me free from being the Lord of my own life. He's enabled me to embrace his rule and his reign in my life. And I have a hope of a coming kingdom. I have a hope of Jesus coming again. I have a hope that he will come and all mourning and crying and pain will disappear. And there will be no injustice or unrighteousness. There will be no more sin. There will be perfect justice. Every lonely person will be set in a family. There will be no poverty. The old order of things will have passed away. I have that hope. It's a sure and a certain reality. I put my faith and my trust in Jesus' word that he will do it.
by believing in the gospel that Jesus preached of God's kingdom rule and reign being established in us and through us we can begin to live that life to the full there's a fullness still to come there's a fully embrace, full embracing of that truth that will happen. We'll live it out in all its fullness when Jesus comes again. But this is the word that Jesus proclaimed that we could enter into that in the here and now. Because by entering into his death and resurrection, we could begin to live the resurrection life. So you can live a holy life because he set you free from sin. Will you believe the gospel... That Jesus shed his blood so that you could live a holy life. Because when you say, I can't be holy, you don't believe the gospel. When you say, I can't help it, you don't believe the gospel. Will you believe the gospel? Will you put your hope and your faith in the gospel? You can overcome temptation because Jesus died and rose again. You can do what is right. You are strong enough because in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. You can do the right thing in your workplace. You can act justly and do what is right. You can speak out in the face of opposition. You can stand up, stand up for the truth. You can stand up for justice. You can bring healing. You can bring healing. However many times you've prayed before, however many times you've been disappointed, you can do it. You can do it because Jesus has made it possible. You can set people free. Because it all comes down to, do you believe the gospel? I'm not asking you, do you believe the gospel? As in, did you once say yes to the gospel? I'm asking you if you believe it now. I'm asking you if you're taking your stand on the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. You've got to hold on to it. You've got to keep believing this gospel. You've got to keep believing this gospel that turns your life around. But it's not enough to just say, well, I believed it once. You've got to keep believing it. You've got to keep taking your stand on this incredible truth that Jesus loved you so much that despite your rejection of God, despite your rebellion against him, he came and he shed his blood. And he died on the cross and he rose again and he defeated the power of sin and death so that you could be rescued, so that you could be set free. Not just so that you could go to heaven one day, but so that you could begin to live that life here on the earth. Now, the way you live your life here on the earth is vitally important. Because the reason you're still here is for the benefit of others. Because you would, and I know some of you have heard me say this so many times... But you would be better off 
to go and be with him. If you believe the gospel, if you believe the truth, we, we, we said it just last week at Ivory, Ivy's funeral, she's gone to a better place. We believe that. Only sometimes we don't, do we? Because sometimes deep down, maybe subconsciously, we think that actually the way for us to be really fulfilled is to be successful in our careers. Or to have an amazing husband or wife. Or to have kids. Or to have a more comfortable home. Or to go on better holidays. Or to have new clothes. Um, I'm sorry, I repent. <laughs> I'm going to stop now. <laughs> it's just too irresistible. Um, But you know what? When we, when we believe those things, because none, none of us would set out to write a book of doctrine saying the way to be fulfilled is to have a really great career. It, it's the things we subconsciously believe that are the most dangerous. Because we're actually believing lies without being aware of it sometimes. But when really somewhere deep down we think that we'll be more fulfilled in those ways. So what we do, you see, we're great at this as Christians. We turn God, we turn our faith into a way to get what we want. So we say, well, God wants me to be successful. Well, yes, he does. And God wants to bless me. Yes, he does. Um, and so we take these truths and we just, we just turn them enough so that they sound enough like the truth still, but actually I'm living life for me. And I'm living life for, for what I want to accomplish for me. And it's very, very subtle, isn't it? But the thing is, if I'm believing that anything other than Jesus and his kingdom is what will leave me most fulfilled, I no longer believe the gospel. It's quite kind of shocking when we say it like that, but it's true, isn't it? When we stop and think about it, if I think that anything other than Jesus and his kingdom, and his glory, and his rule and reign, and everybody knowing about him is ultimately more important. Whether I say that consciously, or whether it's just something I'm living subconsciously, then actually I'm not living the gospel. But people have to see that you actually believe the gospel if they're going to believe what you say. People around you, they're not stupid. So they have to see that you actually believe the message that you're proclaiming to them. And if my life doesn't match up, if the way I live my life doesn't match up to the message I proclaim, then, then there's, a, there's a problem, isn't there? There's an integrity gap. The gospel, the good news of the kingdom, is that we can be completely fulfilled. By embracing the rule and reign of God in our lives. And so the gospel, when we put our hope and our faith in the gospel, we actually let go of being in control because we say we believe and we trust God that if we embrace his rule, we'll be more fulfilled than if we remained in control ourselves. We actually believe that this is the way to an incredibly intimate and fulfilling relationship with him. Because the ruling and the relationship go together. And when we live in that perfect relationship with God and fully embrace his rule in our lives, 
That's the definition of life to the full. Living in perfect relationship with God and fully embracing his kingdom, his rule in our lives. That's life to the full. That's life as it was always intended to be. And that's the promise of the gospel. And if you are here today and you've never taken that step, then I would invite you even right now to take that step of faith. To say, do you know what? I believe this is true. I believe that Jesus actually did come and die, give his life to set me free from living life my own way. And I want to embrace that. I want to take this incredibly courageous and somehow scary kind of step. But something inside of me says, yes, I believe. I believe, Jesus, you died, you rose again, and all of my hope is in you. And I'm going to trust you with my future. And I'm inviting you to take control. I'm moving over from the driving seat. I'm going to sit in the passenger seat. I'm going to let you drive and I'm going to enjoy the view. I'm going to let you direct my life because I'm going to make you the most important thing. More important than anything else. You can do that right now if you've never done that before. But you can also do that right now if you've done it a hundred times before. You can say, yes, this is still the gospel that I believe. And this is still the gospel on which I am going to take my stand. And the reason you are still here. Because why not go right now? But the reason you're still here is because he decided... I want you to make an impact on people around you. I want your friends. I want your neighbors. I want your colleagues because you know what? They are all my lost children. And I love every one of them every bit as much as I love you. And I want them to. I want them to hear the same message. I at least want them to have the opportunity to hear and to see this message. So will you go and tell them? And will you put it on display in your life? And so whatever challenge you're facing, whatever situation you're going through, however hard it is for you right now, Whatever it is that you're going through, because he never promised that we wouldn't have any difficulties. In fact, he promised the opposite. He said, in this world, you are going to have trouble. But you and I owe it to the people around us, to the world around us, to face whatever we face in the light of the gospel To live the gospel. To overcome our trials and our challenges. To put our hope of deliverance. Whatever situation you're going through right now. Take it back to the gospel. Whatever pastoral need you have. Whatever trial. Whatever challenge. Whatever lack. Take it back to the gospel. What does the gospel have to say about the way I choose to live my life in the face of this situation? Should I give up? Should I sit back? Should I complain? Should I ask the world to have a pity party because I'm going through a hard time? Or do I believe that Jesus set me free? Do I believe that Jesus set me free from living a life that was centered and focused on me? Do I believe that he gives me a hope and a future? Do I believe that I'm waiting for Jesus to come again? What do I actually believe? And will I live my life in the light of this gospel? You and I are supposed to demonstrate the fullness of life 
to the world around us. And you and I know that whilst Jesus has done all that is necessary, we're still kind of struggling to work that out and to live in all the fullness of what he's done for us. But that's the point. We are supposed to be working it out. We are supposed to be making every effort. It's all by his grace. It's all by his goodness. It's all because of his love. But we are supposed to be grappling with this. We are supposed to be applying it in our lives. Because how you live matters. How you live your life actually matters. It has an impact on the people that you meet. It has an impact on the people that you know and it has an impact on the people that you don't know. You have to live the gospel. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So the way you handle whatever you face, the way you respond to whatever challenges you have, it's important. It's part of your proclamation and your demonstration of the gospel. If you believe in the gospel of the kingdom, then it matters how you live your life. But it's also, and this is the amazingly good news, it's also in believing in the gospel of the kingdom that you can be set free, rescued, saved, delivered from whatever you face in life. Because the gospel is the power of God for rescuing, delivering, healing and saving everyone who believes. The gospel, the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection, his ascension into heaven and the promise of his return, that good news is the power of God for your salvation no matter what you are facing in life. There's nothing more complicated than the gospel. It's not like you became a Christian on the gospel and now you're onto the really messy stuff of life. Because you've graduated from little sins and you've made a total mess of your life since you became a Christian. And now your situation is so big and so huge and so complicated that the gospel won't cut it anymore. No! What utter nonsense! What complete and utter rubbish! What lies of the enemy! It's still the gospel that saves you! It's still Christ's death and resurrection that saves you. It's the same basic belief that Jesus came and shed his blood and died for me. And he rose again and he defeated the power of sin and death. And he ascended into heaven. And he said, I'm coming back. But in the meantime, here's my Holy Spirit. Here's God himself poured out inside of you. We're going to do this together. My sons and my daughters, rescued, redeemed, made holy and righteous. I believe in you. I'm with you. I'm empowering you. I'm transforming you. I believe that. I believe that. Whatever you're facing, it's your faith in the gospel that will unlock the power of God for your situation.
And I cannot promise you that your deliverance will look like what you want it to look like. But I can promise you that you will not be beaten. I can promise you that Jesus is able to keep you from falling. I can promise you that he is able to keep you standing until the end. I can promise you that Jesus has overcome the world. I can promise you that he has triumphed over his enemies, making a public spectacle of them at the cross. I can assure you that it is your destiny to see more and more of the realities of heaven established in the earth, in and through your life. Because that's God's word, God's promise, his gospel to you. But we have to believe the gospel. We have to center our lives on the gospel because we are a gospel people. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. We're good news to the world. Otherwise, let's just all go and have our party now in heaven. It's going to be better than any party you've ever had on earth. You're going to be more fulfilled. It's going to be life to the max. But in the meantime, we're good news. You're good news to your family. You're good news to your friends. You're good news to your colleagues. You're good news to your neighbors. Because though you haven't yet got it all together, you believe in this gospel And you lay hold of more and more and more of it in your life. And your belief in it, your faith in it, your trust in it, your holding on to it is the power of God for your deliverance, for your salvation, for your overcoming, for your living in freedom. But we have to center our lives on the gospel. And that means believing, believing that Jesus came and died for your sin. That means believing every single day of your life that Jesus died and shed his blood to pay the price for my rejection of God. It means believing that he has paid the price so that all your sin and all your guilt and all your shame could be taken away. It doesn't mean holding on to it and living in it a bit longer. It means believing that his blood actually delivers you from all of your sin. It means believing with all of your heart that you are therefore free to turn away from living life your own way and to living life his way. It means believing that Jesus rose from the dead. It means believing that he paid the price, yes, but also that he defeated its power. So that the law of the spirit of life sets you free from the law of sin and death. So it means you never say again, well, I'm just a sinner and I can't help myself. Because that's not believing the gospel. It means you don't allow yourself to say that anymore. You never give yourself the excuse again. Well, I'm just human and I can't help it. No, that's a lie of the devil. Because you believe the gospel, that Jesus died and he rose again, and that you are now therefore free to live for him. It means embracing that truth. It means believing that Jesus has gone into heaven and poured out the Holy Spirit, and he's praying for me right now. It means choosing to believe that every day. It means when life is really tough, when life is really hard, I will not stop believing that Jesus died for me, that Jesus rose again, that Jesus is coming back. And in the meantime, he's praying for me and he's poured out his spirit in my life. The gospel is the answer for every circumstance. I know there are people over the next 10 weeks, 
Um, they're going to tell you that leaving the European Union is the answer to all of your problems. Or they're going to tell you that staying in the European Union is the answer for all of your problems. Can I just say this? Now, I'm being very careful here. I'm not going to give any political opinion. But whether we stay or whether we remain, the hope for our society is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The hope for all of the world's problems is the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that's not going to come because suddenly a certain nation manages to elect someone who is or isn't a Christian. That's going to come because we live and demonstrate and proclaim the gospel to our friends, our neighbours, our colleagues, the people that we interact with. We have to demonstrate the gospel in our own lives if people around us are going to believe our message and believe us. So we have to start believing and living the gospel. Amen? So um, I just think it would be great to sing. Do you know what? I was... um, some of you, you know, should be... I nearly said ashamed of yourself, but you shouldn't because that's not the gospel. Um, <laughs> so let me rephrase. You know, I was, I, w- I was out-moving some of you who should be out-moving me when we were singing that Yes, Lord song with the funky rhythm. So maybe the team could come back. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? There was, there was this kind of like... I need them to play it now. <laughs> So I'd love us to fully embrace this song with a bit of movement, okay? I mean, I don't want to make it a racial thing, but, but, but when the white man is dancing best, you know there's a problem. So, so um, Simo's shaking her head. Coppo's saying, go ahead. I don't know whether I've just offended you all or not. Um, so could we just stand and because I'd love us to really go for this and to dance our hearts out and really get the moves going. But more important, I'd love us just to find a power in saying, yes, I believe this. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, maybe this is your opportunity to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Amen. Complicated lyrics, I know. Um, Yes, Lord. And it can go from being a silly song to a really powerful moment where you say, yes, Lord. And whatever situation, and I hope no one feels that I've in any way belittled the challenges that you face in life today. I realize they can be, life can be tough. Life can be challenging. But in this moment, you can say yes again to the gospel. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. I believe that he sets me free from sin and death. I believe that he is coming again to establish a glorious kingdom. And I believe because he's poured out his Holy Spirit in my life, I can be part of seeing more and more and more of that in the here and now. And I'm making a decision in this moment to live every day believing in the gospel. And I say yes, Lord.